Attention, everyone. This is an emergency broadcast. The unpleasant noise you are about to hear coming from your radio is not a mistake. Please do not turn on your radio, but turn up the volume on your receiver as high as it can go. Do we want to get right? Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Rock Out Loud. It is the rockiness podcast in the Goliverse, and we are looking forward to having a good time tonight. Listen, what you have on this show are better than any of the VJs you're going to hear on the on Sirius XM's 80s on 8. I'm just telling you, we, we've got we've got the crew. I'm Steve Glosson. I am along for this ride tonight, and I'm, I'm going to tell you straight up, we're just going to be along for a ride, ladies and gentlemen, because we are talking uh, one of our co-hosts' favorite albums and uh, something that came out of our discussion last time when we were talking to Struts as someone in our Mixler chat at Mixler.com slash Goldiverse asked, does Kristen like Bon Jovi? And uh, next thing I know, we're on a roller coaster ride of emotion as we were jamming out to the Struts and, and getting off topic with Bon Jovi. And suddenly we're on the topic of these days, which is our topic today. But it's not just going to be me talking about it. It is, of course, me and the rockinest chick in the land, ladies and gentlemen, Kristen in Jersey. Hi, everybody. You know there ain't nobody left but us these days. <laughs> and uh, it, and that may be true right now over in the live chat at Mixler.com slash Goldiverse. No, we got some people. No, we got people. We got people. All right. So here we are. And I, I tell you, how long... Has it been since we've actually talked Bon Jovi? Ooh, years. I, I mean, like, like literally. Up bon Jovi, years. Yeah, literally, it's been years. We, I think the last time we did just a straight Bon Jovi episode was, was it 7,800 degrees Fahrenheit or was it New Jersey? I think it was New Jersey for one of the marathon shows. Okay, yeah. Because we skipped right over Slippery When Wet. Yeah, we, we've I talked. Mean, we've talked seventy eight hundred, and we've talked New Jersey, and um, I mean, and we're going to talk more tonight. <laughs> right. <laughs> Indeed. I am so excited. Indeed. First, though, Kristen, I want to I want to draw your attention to something. We did have an email. Um, oh. Yeah. It's don't no don't get excited. It's a fake oh. email. Um, oh, I did see that. It's from Carlos, who says, "Hello, how it how's it going? Hope all is well. Have some cool information that might interest you." Rock Out Loud has good performance in some rankings over the last 30 days. We're we're number 88 in the category music in Qatar. And 124 in the category music in Kuwait. So Oh my god. Yeah, and if we want to pay them money, they can tell us everything else so we want to know about our status. Of course. I mean, that's kind of the um that's the whole remember in the 80s where like the big thing was like, "Oh yeah, my girlfriend, I have a girlfriend, but she's, you know, at Niagara Falls, like yeah. she's in Canada, you right. know her." Literally us. Like, yeah, we're really bi- we're really big, you know, overseas. Yeah, the Canadian girlfriend. That's that's us. We yeah, we're we're we're, we're huge in Japan. That's where we're, that's where we really hit the market because you know they love the '80s rock over there. I mean, they have good taste. What can you say? Right, we're the Japanese and and the Filipinos love us, so <laughs> that's 
that's where we're at. <laughs> I mean, that's basically who loved the record we're going to be talking about tonight. Everybody that was not America. <laughs> oh, wow. That's I, I segued without even realizing it. That's because you're a professional. It's so, <laughs> so great. Um, <laughs> well, you know, that, I try. I try. I don't know if I'm a total professional or whatever. I do want to talk about um, the some of the reaction we got to our... Um, our listen through of the Struts album last time. We got some nice feedback. There was some great feedback that came from some folks. Um, and, some Strutters. Uh, yeah, and uh, and it was just nice to see people. I got tagged in a few things, and um, <laughs> people loved your reactions. They were like, well, "That was amazing to hear Steve like hear this album for the first time and have it be recorded." Well, that's the thing. It's like when when I oh my gosh. Look, all I'm going to say is this, is I have since, as I said, I have used some of those songs on, uh, on, on the big honking show on, on the weekends. And, um, I'm not ashamed to say that I still just love it when those drums kick in (laughs) (laughs) and it's just, it's fantastic. It's fan. And then I saw where, um, uh, there was, a, I think you quoted it or something, that, any or Luke did. Somebody was quoting something about burn it oh, down. Yeah. And, I qu- I quoted it to Luke, and yeah. then somebody like some the person that was like, it was so great to hear Steve like liked it and retweeted it. Oh man, I burn it down. So, <laughs> <laughs> if you guys didn't listen to the last episode, I mean, you're really missing out. Steve played the intro to a, bur- to a song called "Burn It Down" about 50 times. And I don't say that to make fun of Steve. I say no. that because it was so, it was such a pure, wholesome, sweet moment. <laughs> I was like, oh, Steve found his new favorite thing. It was like seeing a child <laughs> discover their favorite toy. It was just such a fun moment because of of the whole the whole concept of like, I knew what was coming because it's not an uncommon thing to have you know, just the warming up noise and everything. And, and you know, it's either going to go into everyone just gets silent and there's a, and you go, or it's just going to start to rock out. And in this case, it was those drums. And then just right in that bluesy feel, still love it, still love it. So, um, so if you haven't checked out the struts, uh, strange days, check that album out. It's a good album, regardless of what people say. And Kristen, I feel like we're going to get into more of the same today with Bon Jovi, a good album, regardless of what people say. Yeah, I mean, I mean, okay, so full transparency, everybody, like, you know me, I can't do things, like, I have to do things all the way, like, it's ridiculous, it's a problem, I know, um, but I went out and polled people, because I wanted reaction about the album we're going to be talking about, because, I mean, we did one, we, we kind of have a theme going, right, Steve, mm-hmm. where we talk about, you know, albums that came out when a band was kind of at their commercial low point in popularity. Right. And a lot of times those albums are very highly regarded amongst fans, but the general population would be like, I don't, I don't even know what that record is. Right. Or I You're hate right. that record. Yeah. So I find that it's very interesting to kind of talk with people about these records because they can be so divisive. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, yeah, and it's 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 interesting too because this the, the reason this is divisive, I think is, and I don't know how it is among fans, but I would say, or I would let me go this not divisive but unknown, 
is because you're talking about smack dab in the middle of the 90s, an album that was released. Um, and you made a point before we started recording on the heels of Crossroads. Yes. Um, you know, what you said is the reason this album was even released. Or They this needed is- more time to write more material for this record. So they put out Crossroads as a throwaway. And if they would have known, John has said this in multiple interviews, that if they would have known how popular and huge Always was going to be for them, they would not have put Someday I'll Be Saturday Night on Crossroads. It would have made these days. Hmm. Because it got totally overshadowed by Always. Right. Well, I just know, like, you're talking about almost bookends to my senior year of high school. Okay. With these albums. Crossroads came out October of 94. This is released in June of 95. Um, and so Crossroads was, honestly, this is th- this sounds weird for a kid who graduated in the 90s. This Crossroads was the soundtrack almost of my senior year of high school. Everybody picked up that album. Everybody had it on CD. We, if we didn't have it, we were passing it around and, and dubbing it to cassette tape, you know, that kind of thing. Um, we it, we loved that album, and to this day, I, I still maintain that um, it's it's the it's the greatest greatest of uh, greatest hits album of all time. <laughs> Did you hate that I didn't include Crossroads on my, in my no, Bon Jovi no, list? No, no, <laughs> because because there's a difference in a compilation album and just a straight up studio album. Okay, good. <laughs> you know, no, I I wasn't I wasn't, but I'm just saying. And so then these days is released. You know, and the the big single that comes off of that really is "This Ain't a Love Song." Oh, good lord! Um, so Lord have mercy. You know, and then honestly, in my and so I only heard that like on the radio a lot. Um, you know, here and there, it, it and so this album, though it was kind of a bookend to my senior year of high school, it wasn't quite on my radar because we were all so satisfied with Crossroads. You know, and I'm saying we, meaning my little generation of people down in South Georgia, you know, um, who wanted more than country music. We're like, well, we'll take Crossroads. Thank you. And this this will hold us over until whatever comes next, whether it's Vault or whatever, you know. Well, I so. feel like that happens a lot, too, right? I feel like once a band gets past, like, 10 years that they've been out and putting out records, all of a sudden they're not, like, the new hot thing anymore. So people want to live in nostalgia, mm-hmm. which isn't a bad thing, but they want to live in nostalgia and they don't want to listen to anything new that comes out, whether right. that's because the band completely changes their sound or, you know, whatever the case may be. But, like... Like I said, man, sometimes once you get in this really weird time period where it's like, it's almost like the band doesn't care. They're mm-hmm. like, well, screw you. Like, we know people. Like, we're not making this for people. We're making this for ourselves. Because, again, we're smack dab in the middle of grunge. Like, 1995, no right. 80s bands <clears throat> are getting any sort of airplay commercially. Right, right. And, and really, even on your classic rock stations... You know, they're leaning very much more at that point into the 70s stuff. Um, you know, the, 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 the rock of the 80s is a little bit taboo still for some reason. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so, but you do have, like I say, you do have those little, I'll call them points of light. You know, like you, we talked about slang, um, you know, but also you have things like, you know, Def Leppard's Vault that's released around, you know, this same time. 
Um, and, and it does well. And, and there's a little bit of a, for those of us who are of that age, there was some nostalgia involved and, and it kind of put, it brought everything back to us that we forgot that we loved. And I say that like, well, you know, I, just because I'm part of that generation and, and it just kind of was like, oh yeah, we did love this stuff <laughs> and it is still good and it does still jam and we are still going to listen to it. And well, you know, what's funny too, is that you mentioning that end of it. Now, if I can make people feel a little old for a yes, second, I, yes. I apologize. Um, this album was really the first Bon Jovi record that I was like conscious for. <laughs> like, nice. so, like, like, you know what I mean? Like 92 yes, yes. these days or uh, keep the faith comes out. Like I'm two yeah. years old. Like yeah. I'm sure like when I, you know, hung out with Angie and Bill, I'm sure that that was being played in the house, Sure, but I don't necessarily remember it. Mm-hmm. Now these days I live, Steve, I literally still have my these days posters that hung on my bedroom wall (laughs) that I would kiss every single (laughs) day and night before, like before like school or whatever. And then when I would go to bed, Oh my Lord. So I still have those posters. So like I said, like this was kind of the first record that I was, you know, conscious for where like I knew I loved Bon Jovi. I knew that John Bon Jovi was going to be my future husband. I just knew it. Um, <laughs> Darthea who? No, me. I'm I'm five. Uh, <laughs> he's mine. <laughs> so like that, this was like being able to experience it for the first time. Now, it wasn't the first time I got to see them live because mm-hmm. that didn't happen until Crush. But... This album does hold a special place in my heart because of that reason. And like I posted um they were talk they were talking about like embarrassing things that like you still have like t- like things you had for that might be embarrassing from your teen years mm-hmm. that you still have on Sirius XM and I took a picture of those posters and they were like, "Oh my god." <laughs> <laughs> yep, still, still got him. Still got him. Looking down with the sunglasses and his leather vest and his chest hair. Yes, I do. Wow, wow. <laughs> so, <laughs> so let's talk about because you also did a little bit of a, a social experiment leading into this thing. I did, and and so Kristen learned a little bit about statistics and polling. Everybody over the past <laughs> week or so. Um, you, well, I was just curious. Right. You asked some of your friends and, and of course, Aunt Angie, who we say is just, Angie is responsible for this podcast. Um, <laughs> you know, you, you asked them, well, where do you rank this album in, yes. in your, in your album rankings? And, uh, with just like with any, it's just like when you say to someone who's a Star Wars fan, Hey, where does Jedi rank for you amongst all the movies? Well, I'll tell you what. You can't really go wrong with Star Wars being number one because it was the first of all time, but everyone loves Empire. So Empire is right up there with the original. You know, you can't just get a straight answer. Exactly. You know? <laughs> and trust me, I like I got explanations. <laughs> I had like all this crazy stuff. And like I said, like I literally just kind of started this to get where people ranked these days Mm -hmm. in their lists. Because personally, like I haven't ranked the Bon Jovi albums in a long time, but okay. Well, let's talk about, 
Let's talk about what you found out from others. And this includes people that Angie ran around like like got in her Bon Jovi fan club message boards and stuff and got their got their rankings and stuff. So what was kind of is there a general consensus? Is there anything that stuck out to you? So honestly, it surprised I- I don't know if it surprised me. It surprised me how many people ranked this album super high. Wow. Because again, like the majority, like the like the regular people, like your average everyday casual Bon Jovi fan, like wouldn't rank this album really high. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of the people that so okay, I have the lit. Okay, I'm just gonna read. I'm just gonna read it off to you, and okay. I'm gonna I'm just gonna do it from bottom to top. <clears throat> All right. So essentially, I asked people to rank the first eight Studio Bon Jovi records, but just I, they just needed to tell me where these days fell. And that include um, really quickly, I'll run through them. I've got them written down right here, and that yes. includes Bon Jovi. That who's I'm going to do these in in consecutive orders of release. Okay. Bon Jovi, the self titled um, initial album, seventy eight degrees, seventy eight hundred degrees Fahrenheit. Yes. Slippery when wet. New Jersey. Keep the faith. These days, crush and bounce. Yes. Okay. So those were the eight. Now, based on that, one person had it ranked as their least favorite record. Wow. Yep. One person ranked it seventh, so their second least favorite. Mm-hmm. One person ranked it sixth. Two people ranked it fifth, so in the middle, but you know, right. on the bottom half. No one rated it fourth. Mm-hmm. Four people rated it their third. Mm-hmm. Six people rated it their second. Mm-hmm. And one person rated it their first. Okay. I have a problem with the people on either end of the spectrum. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't have a... Let me, let me rephrase that. I don't have a problem with the people who rank it first. I'll just say that. The people who rank it last had to put it behind Crush bounce. and Bounce. I know. You know, and and that's what I think. Okay, (laughs) I said to I was talking to my dad about this, and he was like, "All right, Kristen, I got a hot take." And I was like, "Tell me," and I agreed with his hot take. So, hot take, everybody. Anybody that ranks this album as the worst or second worst Bon Jovi record has either a never listened to this record, or b listened to it in 1995 when it came out, Mm -hmm. said that album sucks. And has never gone back to it again. Wow! In, in subsequent years, you know what? I and don't think that's a hot take. I think that's a. I think that's a really astute observation to that end. I, I really do. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Okay. So, am I? Are you dropping out? Am I losing you? No, okay. sorry. I keep muting myself because I, I have like, I have to keep coughing. I oh, okay. Uh, do, you, do Kristen? Do you have the COVID? I don't. I just. Like, my allergies are getting, like, bad. I don't know what is in the air here, but, like, my eyes are super itchy, and, like, I always have, like, just, like, a little, like, thing in my throat that I have to clear. Well, don't touch your eyes for crying out loud. (laughs) (laughs) So if I mute myself, that's why. Because I don't want to, you know, give you all coughing. That's fine. So that's an astute, I think that's a real astute observation. And was he, did he make a similar observation about someone who puts it at number one? No, because I... We were only really talking about like the bottom right. half yeah. people, and like the person that ranked it as one, their reason behind it was they said that lyrically it was their best record, and it was also the record that they came in and discovered Bon Jovi. Okay. So I think anytime 
you discover a band on one record and you don't really know much about them prior, Mm -hmm. that record is always going to kind of be the bar. So I think it is a skewed view Mm -hmm. to say like, oh yeah, this album is better. Is their hands down their best record. Um, But I mean, like when you look at that, like six people said it's their second favorite. I'm one of those six people. Nice. Okay, great. See that, that was my next question. So is Angie. Okay. So that's wow, that's amazing. So so you guys put it up there toward the top. Now here's the here is the the million dollar question though. Where what is number one for you? Oh, without a doubt, New Jersey. Okay. That's what I thought. That's what I thought I remember. Yeah. I did not even need to listen to the record to rank it. Like there were two song two albums that I didn't even need to listen to. I knew firmly where they would rank. Mm-hmm. New Jersey and Bounce. Well, when when you told me about this little experiment, I wanted to sit and listen because I'm not as intimately familiar with the albums, you know, as I as as you are, of course. And so my desire was to actually kind of have them on, listen to them, and that sort of thing. And I just never got to where, as I told you off air, that I could get to where I could just listen and really concentrate and think about what's what's good, what's what. But I made a few interesting discoveries. Yes, I'm excited to talk about this because you, um, you told me to save it for the show. <laughs> and and I think we came to a similar conclusion. Yeah. I I have I for some reason when I when I go when I went to listen, I'm like, "Oh, I got to listen to the first album. I got to listen to Bon Jovi." Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, "Well, Runaways on there." Mm-hmm. You know. And I'm like, "And that okay." <laughs> And that's the first track. So, all right. So, now what? Right, exactly. And Now What is a solid, solid, really good album. I, I completely agree. And the reason why Steve told me, like, Kristen, save this for the show, is because I was telling Steve, I was talking to Angie this weekend, because, again, we said that we were going to listen to it, you know, have, like, a true ranking. Mm-hmm. And I said to her, I was like, I don't give the debut Bon Jovi record enough credit. It's never one of the first things I reach for. Like if I'm going to listen to Bon Jovi, it's not one of like the ones that I immediately grab and go to, but it is a stellar record. Like, honestly, if I were to look at that record and think of songs that I would like actively skip where I'm like, eh, okay. Like I don't really need to listen to that song. It's really one song, right? It's the last song on the record, Get Ready. I don't love that song. But, like, Roulette is amazing. Love Lies is disgusting. I can't, like, how did you do that in 1984 on your first record? How dare you, like, create a song if that's that good? Like, Burning for Love is amazing. She Mm -hmm. Don't Know Me. I mean, the music video, the first time I saw that music video, it was all over for me. (laughs) It was all over for me at the age of four. Again, I was like, that's my man. He's mine. I'm marrying him. I love him. <laughs> what I love about that first album, and and we're 20 minutes in and haven't started talking about what we meant to talk about. Um, what <laughs> well, I, we're, ta- we're on topic. We're talking about Bon Jovi. I know what what I loved about that first album is the 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 blending of just solid synth work. Yes, and and the guitar work that's going on. To me, it was just I'm like the I don't. I know nothing about this album other than what I was listening to. So I don't know who produced it. I don't know where it was recorded. I don't know any of that mess. I just know that what I heard was was very well produced, very good sounding rock music. And I, and though I knew it's from an era, though you can tell it's from the mid, 
early mid 1980s. I was you know, just going to say that. <laughs> you can definitely tell it that, that to me that makes it that much more enjoyable. You know, and and so I absolutely was listening. I'm like, man, I dig this. And Kristen, I got to tell you something. I wrote down here in my little notes. I wrote down, get ready, because no way, because I like it. <laughs> oh, I, oh my god, I love, I hate us. I love us, and I hate us so much. <laughs> when you're like, other than get ready, that's terrible. I'm like, oh. <laughs> It's the only one I don't like. And I mean, Runaway, I could also like, you know, give or take. Yeah, but I, right. To, I've just heard it enough. Mm-hmm. Um, but like to go back on what you were saying with the 80s thing, I feel like that is the only thing that hurts isn't the right word, but I'm going to use it. That's the only thing that hurts this record in terms of I feel like talking about like stellar debut records mm-hmm. for people. Because it is so obviously done in the 80s. Yes, yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. But again, the 80s are a very divisive period, especially the rock music of the 80s. Some people, no matter how many great songs you give them to listen to, you can give them the top tier music of 80s rock and they will still be like, it's cheesy, it's stupid, it has no credibility, style over substance. You could give them all those great songs off this debut record, and they will still be like, nope, it's 80s rock. It sucks. Yeah, and that's unfortunate, and that's the listener's fault. Here, I mean, it definitely dates it. Like, this is not a an album that, that transcends its time. No. You know, there there are some albums we've, we've listened to, and there are some that actually transcend. when you, The only reason they feel like when they were recorded is because we know when they were recorded. Yep. Um, and, and this is one that definitely does not transcend its time. But as I'm listening, I'm like, because here's the impression I was under runaway was the big single, you know, mm-hmm. to come out of, to come off of Bon Jovi. And I guess I've always been under the impression of, well, runaway is the only reason they got, obviously it's the only reason they got airplay, but mm-hmm. you know, I'm like, well, they wouldn't have made another record had it not been a good thing. They were able to get number two in thanks to runaway, you know? But no, <laughs> not at all. This album was it. You know, I can totally. I'm like, of course, this is where you know they got fans from this album. Of course, this was a great way to kickstart a, a global career for them. You know, this was a really good, solid album, soup to nuts. I think it was just it was a it, it's just really solid, and I was surprised by that. Surprised to this point, and this is where maybe my hot take comes in. Okay, I didn't get to rank them all, but I know that I put. Bon Jovi above 7,800 degrees Fahrenheit. Uh, I don't think that that is a hot take. Okay. I think a lot of people would. Good. However, I will say that on the lists I got, mm-hmm. from what I remember, there was a lot of people that put 7,800 over Bon Jovi. But right. again, these are like your deep Bon Jovi fans yeah, yeah. That, we're, that we're talking about here. Um, and... 7800 is when a lot of them got into Bon Jovi. Mm-hmm. Now, one thing I'll say, I'm so jealous of Angie because Angie got in to Bon Jovi like with the debut record. <laughs> so like Angie's been around to see Bon Jovi and have such great like stories that she has told me throughout life that I'm just like, <laughs> "Oh my god. I believe I need the time machine." <laughs> I believe the term is OG fan. She is an OG fan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, like, I would love to get Angie on this podcast one time just to talk like crazy. We could just do Bon Jovi stories. That's right. (laughs) 
because there are so many of them. Well, just to just to what she should do is like write a few down or either come on the show and just like we should have Andy's Angie's Bon Jovi corner. I would love that. Where it's just like one at this concert, this ha- you know, and like thanks Angie. All right, you know, almost like Mr. R- Mr. Rogers guest stopping by, you know. Yes. <laughs> it's like we need you for 5 minutes, tell your story. You don't have to be on the whole time if you don't want. But right. if you do, come hang out. Yeah, come hang with us. It'll be fine. So that'd be awesome. Um now here's where I think that you and I will really definitely part ways. Okay. Because I do I I do think that Slippery When Wet is my favorite Bon Jovi album. You and my dad. <laughs> <laughs> well, here no, we, like when and I asked here we my are dad, again. Makes, well, I asked my dad, where where do you rank these days? And he said second behind Slippery When Wet. I I just really I dig more and the re- and what I'm going by is just like which one has the most songs that I like <laughs> the best. Well, like you said, you you didn't really have time to like go and like dive in deep and all that. So I get it. Yeah. Well, look, I think Slippery is I'm just so burnt out on those three main songs. However, the back half of of Slippery is like perfection. Well, you know, I I play Let It Rock all the time on the Big Honkin' show. Of course. Um and um I love Raise Your Hands. You know, um, Wild in the Streets. I know your oh. love for that song, and I and I enjoy it too. I just think this is just a real solid album, you know. And then you've got your big three that are on there. You give love a bad name, living on a prayer, and wanted dead or alive. And obviously, those are great songs. But like, man, I just I love them. Now the problem is, is um, you know, I I also love New Jersey. You know, I love lay your hands on me. I love the I love the one two punch of lay your hands on me. Bad medicine. Yeah, like, that is an epic opening for a record. And and honestly, you know, see, I don't know. See, New Jersey and Slippery When Wet are battling it out for me in my heart right now. That a lot of people, a lot of people said that on their list when they ranked them, they were like Jersey and Slippery, depending on the day, can yeah. flip flop. Yeah. Also, um. You know, it's got the greatest love song of all time on there, Born to Be My Baby. So I mean, Bon Jovi has a lot of the greatest love songs. Right, of all time. exactly. <laughs> I thought you were gonna be like, now we're really gonna part ways. Keep the faith. And I was gonna be like, What? It's that's only because of Better Roses, Steve. Right. Well, no, that, I mean, look, that's what Keep the Faith has going for it is the greatest love song of all time, Bed of Roses. So Oh. And in these arms. Oh. So, um, yeah, I you know, keep the faith is see to me and and this is one I didn't get to listen to a lot at all. Like I listened to I I got through most of that earlier stuff. But keep the faith to me really feels like they were leaning into where the 90s were going, not in the grunge sense. There's just something about the way that's produced and the sound of a lot of the stuff that's on Keep the Faith to me. I don't know if that makes any sense or whatever. No, it does. It definitely does. Because you listen to songs like If I Was Your Mother and Fear and Dry County, like th- that is very early 90s. Right. Yes. Like you said, not grungy, but it's very early 90s. Mm-hmm. It sounds nothing like they weren't trying to do 80s. They they were consciously trying to get away from that, I think, because right. they knew it was, you know, just putting a nail in the coffin, essentially. And as it as it pertains to Bed of Roses, I had um, I have a friend on Facebook that he he likes posting his little hot takes on like the Mount Rushmore of different things, you know? And so okay. he'll just randomly post the Mount Rushmore of sandwiches, peanut butter and jelly, uh, <laughs> you know, and he'll go through several things. 
Well, he's, he's like, like the high fidelity guy. In, yeah, in a lot of ways. But he totally leans into his 90s music fandom. Like he, Pearl Jam is the greatest band of all time to him. And he does agree. Well, early, let me say this. Early Pearl Jam. <laughs> and he is, he's very much of the same mindset that we are, though, that, you know, Nirvana has the reputation Nirvana has because Kurt Cobain died, you know. Yep. Um, and and had had that not happened, you know, we didn't really get to see what the fullness of Nirvana could be. But anyhow, he posted the top four, his Mount Rushmore of guitar solos. He used the term solos from okay. the 1990s. And 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 Richie Sambor's solo from Bed of Roses wasn't there at all. I mean, it it's a stellar solo, right? But like a major music geek would tell you that Dry County is the better solo. Now, if Angie is listening, I know Bill's listening, so Angie probably is as well. I know by me just stating that that you know statement, mm-hmm. her head just exploded because she hates Dry County so much. <laughs> well, my point is, he had like. What he ended up, real, what he really had though, were riffs more than guitar solos on his thing. And I was so I was because he had like Yellow Lead Better from Pearl Jam, and there was something I don't know. I was just like, come hey, on, man, you're Shane. better. Yes, exactly. I I wanted to hand him a bell and you know, send him down the path, bring him that bell so we could just yell shame at him the whole time. <laughs> so anyhow, <clears throat> so this is interesting because this is like we said. You know, you say this is number two for you. Um, this is uh, this is number two for your dad. Where does Angie put it? Number two. Number two for Angie. And and so for me, I don't know that it's that high. It'd be somewhere in the middle. Okay. Um, you know, I'm, I'm like a majority of those folks are going to put it in the middle. But let me tell you something. Uh, as much as I love um, uh, having, uh, not have a nice day. Um, it's my It's life. my life. As much as I love It's My Life, I'm sorry, you can't put this below Crush and or Bounce. You just can't. You're preaching to the choir. Yeah. You're preaching to the choir to me. So. (laughs) I agree. So. And I like the Crush record. But again, I've said it a few times on this show. These Days is the last great Bon Jovi record. Everything after that has been a steady decline. Hmm. Well, or I, just a crash off the side of the mountain. Yeah. Well, I will say that I think the last great single from Bon Jovi was um, "It's My Life." Um, okay, I can see that. And 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 I think the reason was is it just hit me right in the heart the first time I hit it, heard it because I'm like, oh my gosh, it, people are coming back to their senses, you know. And then I didn't <laughs> realize that he was losing his. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. But anyhow, but again, again, my wife, who I love, will tell you, you know, I love Bon Jovi when he sings with Jennifer Nettles. And, you know, I'm like, well, don't say that out loud to the wrong people. people. A lot of people do, man. I mean, they are huge now. I don't understand how, but they're huge now. So, yeah, obviously it's speaking to somebody. It's not speaking to me, but... More power to you. Right. Do you want me to give? Do you want me to give my list just really, really quick? I would love. Yes, I want to hear your list. Okay, so I will do eight to one, even though yes. we already know what one and two are. Right. Uh, <laughs> number eight is Bounce. Mm-hmm. I really like that record when it came out. Subsequent listens, E. Um, number seven is Crush. Mm-hmm. I really like songs like Captain Crash and the Beauty Queen from Mars. Say it isn't so. Two Story Town. Really like those, but it's seven, six. 
we could this could flip flop on any given day, seventy eight hundred degrees Fahrenheit. I think it's a great record. It does have more songs wow. that I would that I would actively skip. Wow. Okay. But I, it is a great record because mm-hmm. now we're just in the greats, yeah, right? Right. Um, five. Keep the faith. Again, that could flip flop with seventy eight hundred. Yeah. Um, on any given day, like I love little bit of soul. I love blame it on the love of rock and roll. Obviously, bed of roses. I love. I believe. Huh. Um, number four, Bon Jovi, the debut. And purely because I re-listened to it. it. If I didn't re-listen to it, it probably would not be that high. Yeah. But my eyes were reopened to mm-hmm. that. <laughs> uh, number three is Slippery. Again, that could flip positions on here because, again, I'm just really burnt out on it. But it's a great, amazing record. You yeah. cannot deny it. Number two these days, mm-hmm. number one, New Jersey. One New one. Jersey is all killer, no filler. There is not one bad song on there. <laughs> I like. I just think that that is literally the pinnacle that and the mountain that they would never be able to climb again. But damn it, I'm happy they did it once. <laughs> <laughs> well, every great band does it at least once. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I just i i think it's, I think you've got a good list there. I the the their debut album being at number four, I don't think that's a bad ranking at all. I think that's that's a great place for that. Um, I may put uh, keep the faith lower than seventy eight hundred. Um, again, just because I don't, there's just something about the sound of it that doesn't resonate with me, except for the one song that is the greatest love song of all time. Um, <laughs> which we you know we we've got the greatest love song of all time on these days, so. Uh, but we'll, we'll we get got a there. few. That's right. We'll get there. Um, <clears throat> so June of 1995, and uh, man, what a time! What <laughs> what a time in history. Kristen was a little girl kissing a poster goodnight, and yep. uh, and I was uh, preparing for college life and trying to be an adult in different ways. I don't know. It was crazy, crazy thing, crazy times looking back. So uh, let's get into the album here. Uh, and we'll start with track number one. Hey God. Oh, I got to hit play, I guess. Okay. We're ready. Just about. Let's go. She did a mess of reason, but the world got in the way. 
so just from a musical standpoint, um, you know, we talk about first tracks on songs and that sort of thing. Um, uh, this is a great way to open up an album. I, I always feel like an album needs to open up. We and we talked about this with uh, with the Struts album last time. Is I think I think the best thing if you're going to be a rock band, the best thing for you to do is just punch people in the face from the get go. I was just going to say the song is a kick in the teeth. Yeah, it, and, and it should be. It should be. It's a great. I love. I love the riff. I love the you know the 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 guitar riff as it opens up and really gets driving. It drives hard the whole time. Um, mm-hmm. You know, bon, John is doing. You know, he's got those John Bon Jovi vocals rocking, and yeah. you know, and and it's it's the scream singing that he's doing in a lot of ways, and he's addressing lyrically. Um, all the same kind of things that they, you know, they'd been doing, you know, from the, from the days of living on a prayer and runaway, you know, those things of just like the hard times and stuff, even though at this point, you know, they're pretty well off. They, <laughs> they're doing okay. <laughs> but so. this song was actually, so this song was written and inspired by like John and Richie were in a traffic jam in New York city. And mm-hmm. he looked out the window and he saw like all these guys, like well-dressed men in suits. Mm-hmm. Um, and, a homeless guy on the street that was just like passed out and they were just like walking over him and ignoring him. And he was like, well, who's to say that like, you know, that guy is drunk or on drugs. Like what if he had had a heart attack and is, and is laying there dying and these people are just walking over him like they could care less. So he like wrote it from the perspective of that guy with like the, Hey God, do you ever think about me? Right. Like this, I feel like this is like Bon Jovi's angriest record. Hmm. And I love that because sometimes you need to listen to songs where like, like sometimes you need to listen to songs that are sad and you're like, I'm sad. I want to listen to sadder songs. But sometimes you're like, you know what? I am angry. I am PO'd and I need to listen to some stuff that is speaking my language right now. And this is one of those songs. And Hey God, fun personal tidbit, because of course... Um, the first Bon Jovi show I ever saw, um, which I mean, going to subsequent Bon Jovi shows, their set list really never changes. Um, however, the first time I saw them with Angie in Philadelphia, we were like two sections away from the stage. It was amazing. Um, <laughs> they freaking bust out. Hey God. Oh, and wow. like, me and Angie, I was, I, I was 11 at the time. Mm-hmm. I think it was 2001. It was either late 2000 or early 2000 or yeah, early 2001. And I, like, me and Angie grabbed onto one another, and we were like, oh, my God, it's hey God, like, freaking out, losing our minds. So, like, this song will always have a special place in my heart, because it was the first time that I was just like, oh, my God, I can't believe that they're playing the song. <laughs> well, now, you you were talking when we when we got going, and I mentioned Crossroads. You said that had they not, um, not known, or had they known that Always was going to be so big, they would have put Saturday Night on this album? Yeah. Okay. Because there's, you know, they've got the same lyric in the chorus as there is at the opening of of Sunday yeah. every Saturday night. Um, and so that sticks out to me. But it's that same kind of feel that discouraged. But of course, Saturday night's a little more hopeful. Um, but yeah, it, it's it, you know, it is. It's it's driving. It is angry. Like it is. It is a very angry album. And you know, and honestly, is that the knee jerk reaction to '90s music? I don't know. I'm just saying. Um, <laughs> we could go with that that's right so uh so yeah great way to start this album um of course you know uh, i i am i'm a sucker for um 
I'm I'm a sucker for, you know, like studio noise sometimes starting out a thing like the struts thing, you know, like this with all right, you ready, you know, and and just kind of having that little bit of the tape before the actual recording starts, you know, come in. I don't need everybody to do it all the time, but I appreciate when it's done. Yeah, and when it's done right, <laughs> right, <clears throat> right. And I think I think a good placement for something like that a lot of times is at the head of your album, you know, like we're all getting started here. Are you ready? All right, here we go. <clears throat> so, um, moving, <laughs> moving on in the anger. Uh, this is, <laughs> this is track number two. It's something for the pain. This is not the greatest love song of all time, but it's up there. Oh, it's a jam. Yeah, I, I like funny. this. Yeah, I really dig this song. It's a fun. I don't. They do the weird stuff at the beginning, and and I, if you're listening in headphones and you've got the stereo surround sound, it's like bouncing back and forth in your head. It's a little weird and off-putting, but then it just rocks right into it, and I I love it. But here's I'm gonna I'm gonna say something's gonna just make you angry right now. Oh, okay. Yeah, get. I mean, like really. When okay. when you when you hit that chorus, mm-hmm. you can really hear that like he's like I got some country in me. Oh, I mean, yeah, like this. It's definitely you know laying the groundwork for the this left feels right disaster that'll come later. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but I mean, like really, it it does. Like I was like, give us another pain. I'm like, I can hear Rascal Flatts covering this song. You know oh, when you uh, yeah, you know what I mean. Sure. Like in yeah. in. And it not being a big leap. And I don't, and, and so, but it does jam. Like the way they play it and the way they go for it, just, I, I, it's a good jamming song. So I love that it, 
again, like these '90s albums by these big '80s bands, like they they explore different instruments. You know, this isn't just you know drums, guitars, keyboards, like you know bass. Like this has got other instruments in there. Um, I and again, like we've talked about how we love like very quick lyrics. Mm -hmm. Like the chorus of the song, very very quick, fast paced lyrics. It's fun. Like when I remember like when I didn't know the words yet to the chorus of the song when I was younger, like I would always try to <laughs> sing it, but because it's so fast, you right. like fumble over your words and your mouth can't keep up. So when you finally like nail it, you're like, yes, this is so fun to sing. I live. <laughs> um, well, you know, and, you know me in fast lyrics, you know, I'm a fan. I know. That's why I'm bringing yeah. it up. I know yeah. you love that. Um, and an interesting thing about this song is that the, like this song went through so many rewrites, like, there's an interview online of, of the band, really just John and Richie, <laughs> Tico and David don't really talk much, um, breaking down like song by song of these days. And John complains so much about how many times they had to rewrite this song because the chorus just didn't fit. It wasn't working. So he literally like they're, they're asking, they're like, yeah, what about something for the pain? And he just goes, that son of a... <laughs> And he just like grimaces. He's like, I'm happy we ended up where we ended up, but it was hard to get there. Mm. <laughs> That's funny. That I mean, like, I, I look, I can't imagine writing a song. Period. I mean, end of sentence. So much less like it being your livelihood and being what you do and then having to having the issues of trying to get something to work out and it just won't work out for you. Can't imagine that. Um, yeah, it's got to be just like another level. And like just saying for, you know, those of you that are listening and, you know, you maybe want to explore this album a little bit more. The third verse on the song is like heavenly. Just saying. <laughs> okay. Just um, saying. What does the third verse say? That's the whole like pull me under through my veins to a place where I feel no pain. Okay. That whole thing. Yeah. Okay. Oh, it's a little breakdown. Love. Love, love. All right. Well. Um, I saw you guys talking in the chat during the song, and uh, and I looked up some info. Yeah, I looked up some information because we were talking about what's what the, what the internet says versus what is the original album as it was released in the states had twelve tracks, and Diamond Ring being the final track on that. Hmm. There were Japanese and European editions with bonus tracks. Um, All I want is everything and bitter wine. Yeah, what was up with All I Want Is Everything song titles in the 90s? I know. I was like, isn't that a Bon Jovi song? 95. I'm like, isn't that a Bon Jovi song? Uh, not a Bon Jovi, a Def Leppard song? Um, <laughs> it is a Bon Jovi song, but also... Uh, but then they also had um, an alternative track 14 for some Latin American releases, which is the Spanish version of This Ain't a Love Song. Which is crazy if you've ever listened to it. It's crazy. And then they had there was a European two-disc special edition uh, with a bonus disc that had them doing a few covers and had uh, a couple of demos there and that sort of thing. There was a French bonus disc. <laughs> I'm telling you, this album was so popular everywhere outside of America. Like, it was huge in England. It was huge in France. Like, so they got all this great material that, you know, we didn't get here because we're a-holes. There was an Australian bonus disc with live tracks from Wembley Stadium. Yeah. Um, I'm watching it right now. There, 
there was uh, there was another Japanese special edition bonus CD released in 1998 with nine tracks on it. Uh, some from Wembley, from Johannesburg, from Miami Arena, um, and there was uh, there was uh, finally some special edition bonus tracks and some live tracks that were released in 2010. So. Yeah, that's crazy that this had so many versions go out the way it did. And again, none for us. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it's really, I just, it's just interesting to me. That, that's some really interesting information because, like you say, it, well, and and I don't know. See, here's here's what I don't I don't know. I don't. I guess I don't understand how radio works in foreign lands, mm-hmm. um, because obviously. Well, we're about to get the big single off of this album. Yes. And 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 so obviously, you know, that sold here in the States, this ain't a love song, but what was being done differently in these other lands where <laughs> people were digging it? Was it was it is it just they buy up music more? Is it that you know, they they just love the Bon Jovi? Is it that American culture that we want to tap into? I, you know, look, in Japan, Stan Bush is huge. You know, and everyone in America is like, who's Stan Bush? Well, he's the guy that did those two songs on the Transformers movie back in the 80s. Oh, he's <laughs> oh, he's still around? Yeah, he's huge in Japan. David Hasselhoff, huge in Germany. Yep. You know, and it's just... Tesla, huge in Japan. It's like, what, how? What is the... Di- you know, and so you just, it's really, it, it's almost like someone should write a paper on it or something. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I need a deep dive news article. <laughs> I need something, yeah. <laughs> you know, something more than a listicle. Just give me, you know, give me the real thing here. So, but, uh, but I mentioned it. It's, it is the big single. It's the greatest love song of all time. Um, oh. And the live version from Wembley, y'all. Huh? Okay. Well, it'll bring it to your knees. It brings John to his knees. Well, <laughs> that dude's a performer. Um, oh. So, Throws this a microphone stand. It's great. This is, this ain't a love song. I mean, classic Bon Jovi love ballad. 
It's so beautiful. It, it I mean, like it, it just, it is, it, it's what you want from a, a Jovi ballad. I, it, I just, what else do you say? And can we, can we just take a second to appreciate Richie and that bluesy guitar oh. playing that he's doing in the verses? We can take all the seconds to appreciate Richie. I oh. mean, like, it, it, yeah. The, look, dude is, is a stellar guitar player. And, and, and he can do it. He really can do it all. And you've heard, I mean, you've heard him drive hard and heavy. You've heard him rock some good rhythm. And now you've got, like you say, that bluesy guitar. He, he just lets roll in this. It's just outstanding. I feel like this record, more than like any of the other records, especially in like the first eight, like this record has like Richie's stamp all over it. Mm-hmm. Like this feels like such a Richie record. And that just makes me so happy because I feel like Richie is so underappreciated, like to the masses, like to the general, like casual fans. Um, like Bon Jovi fans will be like, no. And there are Bon Jovi fans that since Richie has left the band are like, I will not go and see Bon Jovi or support Bon Jovi until Richie is back in the band. Well, isn't, like, there, isn't there one of those that hosts this podcast? If I kind of feel that way. Well, yeah, but like I'm totally out on Bon Jovi. Like I wasn't going to see Bon Jovi when Richie was in the band. Okay. I saw them six times and I was good. I mean, I don't think that they're very good live. Mm-hmm. However, I will tell you um, some of the best moments I've had at Bon Jovi shows have to do with Richie. Right. Like when me and Angie and Bill went to go see them on one of the hottest days of my entire life at in Camden at the Tweeter Center back then, John had vocal issues and he let Richie sing a ton of songs and like Richie sang Stranger in This Town and like to hear Richie sing that song live was Mm -hmm. incredible all the times he's done I'll Be There For You I mean the dude is a powerhouse and the stuff that John has said about them since they have you know gone their separate ways is very upsetting yeah and that's what upsets me i don't understand why john has to consistently kind of bring richie up and talk negatively about him when like richie literally left the band because his ex-wife was a drug addict checking in and out of rehab and he wanted to be there for his daughter i Mm -hmm. don't know why we're vilifying richie (laughs) For being there for his child. I don't understand it. Um, And for John to say, like, I was never a guy that relied on the talents of a guitar player. Anybody that (sighs) knows anything about Bon Jovi knows that that is so not the case. (laughs) They literally, like, marketed themselves like John and Richie. And really quick, and then I'll let you you have it. Um, All I'll say is that when John Bon Jovi got inducted into the songwriters hall of fame. He didn't go in by himself. He went in as John Bon Jovi and Richie Sambora. Yeah. That's all I'll say. Look yeah. at all those big songs, Sambora, Bon mm-hmm. Jovi. Yep. That's who wrote them. Exactly. Well, that's Horror the thing. Stores. That's the thing. Well, no, I, I look, I'm just, I'm just saying here, here, uh, to everything <laughs> you say, because the statement that I've never relied, look, you don't get better than John Bon Jovi and Richie Sambora together. Like they, they just make magic. Um, and and honestly, as as John's vocals have declined, and they have, I'm sorry. I mean, that's just the nature of life. That's the nature of this kind of singing. You know, you can't maintain what you were doing back, 
you know, when you've got started, you know, all these years later, 30 years later, you can't do the same thing. You just can't. And, and so you need that collaboration that you had and you need those driving guitars. You need someone that you can trust on stage with you so that you don't end up looking bad because you can't carry that tune anymore. You know, you, you need that. And, and I, and I just think that it's, it's sad and it sounds like, God, it's, I just hate that because it sounds so petty when you want to run so you know, and it's just like, don't be petty. It, even, even if, even if they, you know, broke up on terrible, terrible terms and even if it was, you know, even if all that we is a lie, even if it's not that I want to be there for my daughter, even if that's just a an excuse that he doesn't want to be on the road with this person anymore, don't burn the bridges. You know, yeah. don't don't burn those bridges. If not for yourself, for your fans, don't burn those bridges. You know, learn be be grown ups and be able to when the time is right, be able to get back on stage together. But when you run a man down for doing what a man should do. You know, that's uh, if I'm if I'm Sam Bohr, I'm like, yeah, I'm done. I won't I don't need to be on stage with you anymore. Yeah. You know, I mean, and even when like they went into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, obviously the original band went in plus Hugh and Richie got up on stage and played and like kudos to Richie because John had like their current guitar player on stage playing. And if I was Richie, I don't know that I'd do that. I think I'd be like, you know what? Screw you. Like. I am more than capable of carrying parts of this band. Mm-hmm. And I think, and I, like I just said it in the chat, like I think at this point in time, I think that John is threatened by Richie's vocal talents. And I think he, I think he's just threatened because Richie hasn't been a front man for 20 years, singing incorrectly, abusing his voice. Right. And Richie still has the pipes. Mm-hmm. Whereas anybody that watches, and like, I love Bon Jovi. Like, we know this. I love Bon right. Jovi. But anybody that watches a modern video of Bon Jovi live, he can't sing. Mm-hmm. No, he it's, cannot sing anymore. And it's not funny. I mean, it's, it's, it's sad. You know, it, yeah. is, it, is, it, is, it, is, it is tragic, especially if you're a fan, you know, and you hear, even here in 95, you hear him singing. And you're like, you don't even get this nowadays. And obviously, you know, it's now, what, 25 years later, whatever the case may be. But um, it, it's still like, mm, you know, this is still considered to be kind of late in the career with them. And by this time, he was dropping back a little bit. And so by the time you get to the next albums, you know, the next two albums, it's it's a little bit more and a little bit more. And he definitely, by the end of the 90s, was he, they were keying down some of those songs from the early days. Major, especially the ones with the big choruses, mm-hmm. living on a prayer, yep. or it, he would literally just let the crowd sing all those parts. Right, right. You watch videos living on a prayer. Guess what? He's not singing the oh, he's not singing that. The right. crowd is singing that. Yeah. And so that's that's just you know. Of course, I didn't want to turn this great love song into bashing on <laughs> on on John Bon Jovi, but I, you know, but I think it, I did that. Well, but you also, but I mean, the point being, here's the point is that this is a, this is a song where Sam Bohr's guitars are shining. This whole album you say has his fingerprints on it. And, and I think it does go to show just how vital he was to this collaboration. Now there are people, you know, in all fairness, well, you've mentioned it, you've said it, 
There are people who to this day are discovering Bon Jovi and they're discovering the, the current version of what Bon Jovi is. But um, I don't have the numbers in front of me for 2020 because it's just been released in the past month or so. Mm-hmm. But um, you're talking about, and I know record sales are so much different today than they were uh, even in the 90s, you know. But the last time they had a gold record was 2009 in the U.S. And it wow. sold it sold just a little over half a million. Um, you know, um, Lost Highway did go platinum in the U.S., you know, but that's because of the... Isn't that the that one... Was, Jen- was that Jennifer Nettles? Yeah, I think so. That's what I'm saying is I think this was the one where there's just a, the, the collaboration with Jennifer Nettles and... Um, and some other folks, you know, big Who and says rich. You can't go home. Yeah. I think is that is the big one off that. I think. Right. Well, let's see. I could be wrong. Uh, like I said, I checked. I don't know, but balance. like, but here's the thing: big and rich is on there. Leanne Rhymes. So you're dipping into that country music crowd. Yep. You know, and and so all of a sudden now they're coming around on Bon Jovi, and it's just like, but you know that that's kind of the last big record and it was world all i've got here the number worldwide was four million copies sold but it went platinum in the u.s so that means a million copies sold in the u.s but still it you just it's like i think the proof is in the pudding it's just not <laughs> it's not what it was you know yeah and that's not doing it and that's and that's fine i mean obviously quality is not based on quantity of sales but i think that if you had quality especially in the market today with the nostalgia hit with 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 the with the way things are consumed i think you would see you know a lot of sales and stuff regardless of what radio does for you because people you know the the people in my generation we lean heavy into nostalgia and and that has sold a lot of tickets to a lot of movies you know <laughs> so but anyhow i love Back to what we were actually talking about. I love This Ain't a Love Song. I, I think it is one of the last great love songs of all time. And um, and, and it, is, it, it is right up there in the pantheon of, of John Bon Jovi love songs that I think are just great. So Or Bon Jovi love songs, I should say. Preach. So, all right. This is the title track. Uh, it, let me make sure the volume's up. Uh, these Days... Singing old songs about change 
Everybody's got their cross to bear these days She came looking for some shelter With a suitcase full of dreams To the motel room on the boulevard I guess she's trying to be James Dean She's seen all the disciples And all the wannabes No one wants to Themselves these days. Still, there's nothing to hold on to but these days. These days, the stars ain't. Happy songs. <laughs> oh. Can I just say, like, this is a song that, um, like, when I'm in the car and I play this song, like, I will belt the song out like nobody's business. <laughs> really? But, oh, my God. Yeah. Like, no joke. Especially, like, that second verse that we just faded out on. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. oh, love it. Love the emotion behind it. Love, like, the, the storytelling. And I love that, like you said, it's like that. It sounds like, you know, there ain't nobody left but us these days. Like, some people could take that as, like, a negative thing. But the song is obviously not a negative song. Like, this is a hopeful song. (laughs) (laughs) Why? Because we're still going when everyone else isn't? Yeah. Hmm. I mean, like, I know Rome's still burning, though the times have changed. Like, you know, we're still going. Yeah. The, uh, the, look, it's got, it honestly, when they hit that chorus, it's got that great, um sound you know the vocals together um it is it it just you know it, it it's a bon jovi song and it's got that good it's just got that good bon jovi feeling so um oh did you see what carissa said in the chat i did mm-hmm. yes i was responding to it but you can go ahead if you want to mention it Oh, well, she says that uh, she was really impressed with him because he seems to be spending his years doing some kind of amazing work with homeless and underprivileged people. Mm-hmm. Um, Except for Richie Sambora's daughter, of course. I know. Like, what the hell? <laughs> um, no, but he definitely does. He does a lot of amazing um, charity work, like, especially in the state of New Jersey. I mean, like, after Hurricane Sandy, like, he was out helping people in this in the city of philadelphia like he's built um homes for low he's built like low-income housing for people like he does do a lot of really amazing charitable work i mean one when covid hit um you know he was actually like washing dishes and working in his soul kitchen in red bank which if anybody that's listening doesn't know about the soul kitchen it is essentially like you pay what you can. There's no prices on the menu. And if you can't afford, like if you can't pay anything, you can pay for your meal by working. So like you can go in and wash dishes, um, you know, etc. And that is the, that'll pay for your meal. Um, 
So that's like a very, you know, big thing that he does. I think there's two of them now. I feel like there's one on a college campus in Jersey and then there's that one in Red Bank. There could be more, but um, yeah, he definitely does do amazing work. And like some things I'm like, I feel like you're a really, really good guy. And then he says certain things that I'm like, <laughs> I really want you to be a good guy and not the guy that is saying these things. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, well, you know what? But here's the thing. He's a human being. And all of us have areas where we excel and then other areas where something has happened that causes us to not excel. And yeah. so, and so it really, it just makes you wonder, honestly, like I go back to the petty, petty, petty thing we were talking, I said earlier, you know, <laughs> with, with him, it, it, it the, to, the things that he says almost sounds like it hurt him, you know, and yeah. he didn't know how to deal with the hurt. So instead of supporting this dude, he lashes, he out. lashes out. Yeah. You know, and, and it's just like, don't burn those bridges, man. You're burning bridges. <laughs> You're not doing yourself or fans any favors by burning bridges like this. Don't be petty. You yeah. know, pour, pour some of that same charitable spirit into this personal relationship you have with this dude that you're pouring into total strangers. But as often happens on Rock Out Loud, we come to a very philosophical slash uh, whatever point. And the truth of the matter is, is it's oftentimes easier to be charitable to total strangers than it is to the people that we're closest to in this life. So um, it, it does take effort to be kind, even to our loved ones sometimes. So. <laughs> Very on brand for us, by the way. That's Steve. right. I know. That's, that's what I'm saying in the vein of Rock Out Loud. So, <laughs> uh, rolling on through the album here. Here's Lie to Me. Rumor has it that your daddy's coming down. He's gonna pay the rent. Tell them, babies, this is good as this life is gonna get. It feels like there's a stranger who's standing in these shoes. But I know I can't lose me, cause then I'd be losing you. In the hard times we've been through When this cold world comes between us Please tell me you'll be brave Cause I can realize the danger When forgiveness fades away If you don't love me, Fun fact, this song hit fun facts. this song hit number nine on the Finnish singles charts. So over in Finland, this was huge. Well, they are correct. <laughs> <laughs> Finland came 
came correct. Good song. Good song. This song, like, I had to get it together a little bit before uh, I unmuted my microphone because this song just, like, is so raw. Mm -hmm. It just hits so much. Like, and when I was kind of, like, you know, looking back on interviews, reading interviews about this record, John mentions, like, that he envisions, like, this is, like, a continuation of Living on a Prayer. Mm. Oh, that's like, tragic. Like, this is Tommy and Gina. Mm. Like, I mean, because, you know, not everything is always sunshine and rainbows. So it's, like, these two people, like, you know, all they have is each other. So the whole thing, like, you know, if you don't love me, just lie to me. Because you're the one thing I believe. Mm -hmm. Like, you're the only thing I have faith in right now. And, like, you and I need one another and i mean you know not to bring everything down because you know you were like oh but th i think about it, then you get it's my life and then we get the you know for tommy and gina who never back down so it right. all you know it all turns out good in the end right right yeah well you know here's the thing and 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 again i get just getting into the the weird areas we go into sometimes <laughs> You know, the the truth of relationships is is it's not like here like when he talks about it, life's a roller coaster, the ups and downs will make you scream sometimes. It's hard believing that the thrill is gone, but we gotta go around again, so let's hold on. Mm -hmm. You know, it's oh, it's the bridge. it's the idea of you know, I love to cross a bridge. It's the <laughs> idea of of not not letting <sighs> It's the idea of saying, okay, just because it's not the the butterflies and romantic little cutesy cutesy puppy love when it all got started, now it's true work and we're working together, we're working for each other, we're working to stay together, we're working to hold on. So if right now you don't love me, just lie to me and let's just hold on through this thing. Yes. And because we'll come back around. Like there's the hope of we'll come back around to all of this and and we'll make it through because the, the the truth of relationships is, and a lot of people don't realize this, is that you know it's not it's not sunshine and roses every day unless you're my wife. For her, it is sunshine and roses every day because she's married to me. So, oh, Steve. <laughs> well, I'm about to have my wife stick her head in the door and say, "You're exactly right. I'm so happy to be married to you." Um, but so. I mean, it's true. Like, especially like when you think about it, right? Like if, if we just think about it in, you know, the context of these two fictional characters, Tommy and Gina, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. Who we're, we're, first root we're rooting for those kids. Exactly. We're first introduced to them in 1986. So, you know, again, when you're first in a relationship, you know, puppy love, everything's great. Everything's wonderful. And then as you're together, then... You know, that's when hard times come. It's how you get through those hard times together. Are you strong enough to get through those hard times together? And how do you come out of it? And I feel like when you come out of it, you come out of it stronger. You're a more dynamic unit. And you know you have each other's back. And, like, that's kind of what I get from this song. Like, two people that are really going through the thick of it. You know, things are not going well. But ultimately they're in it for one another and they are going to make it work so that it just makes them stronger in the end. Right. They, well, you know, that's the, <laughs> back in the day they were halfway there. Live, and, and when you're just living uh -huh. on a, when you're living on a prayer, you know, when that's all you've got that's going on, you know, 
you live for the fight when it's all that you got. Right. And 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 that can wear you out though too. That's the one thing that as fun as that song is and as hopeful as it is, that's the one it you know, they don't tell you this will really wear you out and almost kill you. Um <laughs> and it's definitely not all sunshine and roses for a relationship like this. But yeah, that but this isn't an like I I guess you know with these days I was like, well that's kind of a bummer song. This one doesn't seem as much of a bummer to me. <laughs> but um I, to me, this is one of the best songs on the record. Okay, yeah, it's a good one. It's I really like it. It's a good one. Um, and again, the, the great Richie vocals. Yes, yes. Like, you know, with the yeah, yeah, yes, mm-hmm. the I don't want to die no more. Again, like, amazing supporting role coming from Richie on this song, and I absolutely adore it. Um, if I were a child, I would really giggle at this this next one, um, yes. just because the title is like, oh, it's a bad word. Uh <laughs> But it's not but a bad word. I can word. say it because it's in a song. I can say it because it's in a song, and it doesn't mean what. It's not a curse word when you when you say it like this. Um, this is this is. Uh, let me make sure the volume's up again. This is "Damned" by Bon Jovi. If there's something you were singing there that made sense. Also known as the the homewrecker song. Hundred <laughs> percent. Here's a song about cheating. Here's a song about cheating on somebody, everybody. <laughs> That's that old adultery. It'll do that to you. He's damned because of that. So yeah. I it, love that he thought that like like again in like the interviews that I was watching, he was like, well, you know, if somebody actually listens to the lyrics, like it's pretty like you you might pick up what damn's about like. John, this song is not, you're not that thinly veiled in metaphor. You're pretty obvious about what the song That's is That's what about. I was going to say. Like, did, he th- did he think he was being subtle? Um, <laughs> it's like, literally, I'm lying here beside you in someone else's bed. Yeah, that's not subtle at all. That's not, that's not subtle at all. So I do love the groove in this song. I love the guitar. Right? It gives me very mysterious ways by you 2 Yes. Like, that's- Yes. That's the vibe that I get from the guitar. And absolutely like, that's cool. Agree. I dig it. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely agree with that. And, and that, is, that is it. I was like listening to it. I'm like, this sounds like something. This sounds like something. And you nailed it. That does have very U2 vibes from, from Mysterious Ways. That is a, that's a, that's a great observation about that. It, you know, the subject matter. I've listened to the record for 25 years. <laughs> right. The subject matter, though, you wouldn't think would be such a groovy groove to it. Um, <laughs> 
Uh-huh. It's one of those things. I, we might have done a show about, like, on this topic, or we said we were going to, like, songs that sound really happy, and then when you listen to the lyrics, you're like, oh. No, we, we've talked about doing a show <laughs> like that. And, yeah. It, it would just be all Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, I just don't, yeah, I don't want to. Uh, <laughs> it's Hungry Heart, again and again and again. Exactly. Um, <laughs> Uh, and here's Hungry Heart by Bruce Springsteen. Here's Born in the USA by Bruce Springsteen. And here's Hungry Heart again by Bruce Springsteen. That's right. <laughs> and everyone sing along. Um Let me clap. Yeah, Let me sing. That's right. You know the words. <laughs> but it, it is that it is that idea. It's like it doesn't match the groove uh when when you hear exactly what's going on. But the fact that it does have this kind of edge to it. There's an edge to what's going on as, as well. And I don't say edge because of the U2 thing. I just, you know, I'm just saying the, 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 the groove has an edge to it, you know. It's just a fun little, you know, coink-a-dink. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, you know what? We haven't talked about it. The next track is My Guitar Lies Bleeding in My Arms. Yeah. Is this a takeoff of the whole Beatles while my guitar gently weeps? I mean, is that what's going on here? I mean, probably a little bit. This is like uh, th- this is this is my least favorite song on the record. But, okay. Um, well, that means I'll is, love it. I know. So. <laughs> this is the um, writer's block song, like very much like Bed of Roses. Mm, the okay. whole like you know, trying hard to capture the moment. This right. morning, I don't know, and just writing what's around you. This is that song okay. on the these days, just not as good as Bed of Roses. All right, here we go. Here's the thing about this song. Um, I mean, I get what he's doing here. This, to me, is the most 90s-sounding song on the right? album. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's, they it's lean, a shoegazing song. It really is, yeah. They, they lean very heavy into... And look, I don't know enough about music to say if this is true or not. I'm just telling you what <laughs> I hear. Uh, maybe Chris can help us out. It sounds like a lot of kind of minor chords, if not minor chords, very dark chords and yeah. very disjointed and just dis- like, there's so many things I'm hearing in there that it's like, this is not, this is just not the Bon Jovi I want to listen to. It, it, it does, you know, it, it's not even about the, 
the content of the of the music as much as the music itself or the lyrics that are there as much as the music itself. It's just it's a little off putting. Yeah. Like I mean, Angie even said in the chat, and like full transparency, like, yes, yeah, she's my aunt, but we did not uh, compare or rank our songs on this record. <laughs> she also said she was like, this is the weakest track. Like, it's, I don't know. It's just, there's no like oomph to it. I mean, right. I will say that like upon re listening, I mean, that second verse, like the whole, like, I'm tired of watching TV today. It makes me want to scream outside. The world is burning, man. It's so hard to believe. I mean, again, like that, that is relevant. Like that is a relevant lyric now. Oh, you know, sure. In 2020 yes. as we sit here. Right. But that still, it still doesn't make the song good. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say something can be relevant and not be enjoyable. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, with the way 2020 is going, there's a lot that's relevant that's just not enjoyable. I was just going to say, I'm like, it's not really enjoyable. But I'm going to, I want to say this. I, I don't know that we've ever brought this up on the show. Um, uh, but 2020 may actually end super well and super great because Rock Sugar. <laughs> well, <laughs> not because of that. Um, <laughs> oh my God, we're back again. Um, the uh, Rock Sugar is releasing a new album. Oh, yes. I saw that. And people were tagging you. Yeah. Yes. So excited about that. Um, the lead singer was like, tell Steve we're coming. Or that's, like that. that's right. Yeah, that was funny. Yeah, I was tripping on that. It was like, I think I don't think it was the lead singer. I mean, that was just whoever runs their social media. But um, but they are so funny in the way they do things. Like their initial album was here. This is a this was a cover band, a rock band that got stranded on an island uh, after a shipwreck on, at a bat mitzvah, at a bat mitzvah, and all they had was a thirteen year old girl's record uh, collection and their in their instruments. And so when they get off the island, they're playing all the weird mashups, you know, like <clears throat> like. Uh, exit. Uh, what is it? Uh, Inner Sandman mashed up with. Uh, don't stop believing and they do um what are they they do living on a prayer with um oh my gosh i can't remember anyhow don't stop believing no not don't stop believing that was inner <laughs> sandman um but yeah so so they've done one they've they've actually put out an album they they, they put out a single oh, they did it on youtube initially um but it's uh is it it's not Gosh, I get everything confused. No, it's a hurricane with the Adele song. Um, oh. it's her. It's "Rock You Like a Hurricane" by Scorpion with the Adele song. There is a fire, you know that oh, one. Rolling in the deep. Yeah, rolling in the deep. They call it rolling in the hurricane. Um, they do. Uh, <laughs> oh gosh, what is uh, "Shook Me Like a Prayer"? So they do. Um, oh my God. Shook me all night long and living on a prayer. Is is the mashup? They're praying for a sweet weekend, which is uh, everybody's working for the weekend and living on a. You know, is that living on a prayer? Wait a minute. I'm sorry. Give me just a second here. I get really confused. <laughs> I mean, when Matt, when it's all mashups, you're looking. at Oh yeah, like, this is so okay. This is songs. this is what I like to pray. This is living on a prayer, and everybody's working for the weekend. So it's it's relevant to our discussion today. <laughs> And you're like, oh, they're covering Living on a Prayer. They're going really fast with it. Uh, 
know, somebody sing it with me. Everyone's watching to see what you will do. And then, they, you know, they go back and forth. Shook Me Like a Prayer is um, Shook Me All Night Long and uh, live and uh, Like a Prayer by Madonna. Ah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Great tune. Um, I Love Sugar on Me is I Love Rock and Roll and Pour Some Sugar on Me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, anyway... Uh, round and separated is separate ways with round and round. And so they, you know, and so they're, and they're just so much fun, but they're coming back. So, so look, don't let 2020 get you down because it's going to end with rock sugar, everybody. And don't think I'm not going to make Kristen sit and listen to that whole album for an episode of Rock Out Loud. Hey, I've made you listen to enough records that you're like, I could care less. What we should do is we should record that and release it on like new, if if they'll get the album out, because it's supposed to be coming, get it out. We should record it and just keep it in the, in the, in the file and release it at midnight on uh, New Year's Eve. Yes! Yeah, as as our New Year celebration. Um, So it's just that fun. All right. Anyhow. Back to these days. And uh, and open parentheses, it's hard. Close parentheses, letting you go. Mm. And it's hard to turn the volume up. Here we go. What a what a depressing album. <laughs> I 
mean, it's the dark album. Who hurt these um, guys? Well, if it does make you feel better about this song, mm-hmm. it was written for uh, the movie Moonlight and Valentino, which okay. John starred in as a painter with a dog. He was cute in it. The movie's awful. I don't recommend it, but <laughs> I've watched it a bunch just for his cute little tush in some jeans. Uh, oh, he's so attractive. Um, but yeah, he wrote this song for that movie and was hoping that like somebody else would um, record it for the movie. And I feel like that did not happen. I feel like it's the song on the record, or, like on the soundtrack. Um, but yeah, I mean, this, this is a song like... You know, when you're in a deep, depressive hole and you just want to listen to something that is going to match your energy, you listen to this. Hmm. Yeah, I, that's it. I mean, like, that's all you can do. Like, is that, Sometimes you need that. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And it's just, it's so, like, it, like you just keep waiting for this thing to pull the nose up on the... On the joy, but it is. Look, here's the thing, though the the song itself, the lyrics, I, much better than the previous one. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, but it's still got it's got this thing going on with it. With the, I don't know what to say other than like the noise in the background. It's almost like a rhythm drum machine kind of thing. The synth just kind of steady on the whole time. It reminds um, me a little bit of Secret Garden by Bruce. Like okay, that. at the beginning of the song, I thought, yeah. wow, this sounds like a Bruce Springsteen song. I really did. I, I'm right there with you. Absolutely. Okay. Um, Just like you said, like that, like it's that ambient synth sound. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, yeah. That, it, it, yeah. I think, I think you hit the nail on the head. Secret Garden is, is about right. And this is around, you know, of course, that was a few years later, but, you know, this is in that era uh, of that kind of stuff with these guys. So, um, Unfortunately, we got derailed in the chat. Um, <laughs> well, you started it. I know. Rock sugar. I know. But Angie says, Angie's like totally up on the rock sugar situation. She's like Johnny Santoro was in rock sugar. Well, Should- she's up on the Johnny Santoro situation. Okay. And I guess I don't know who he is. Um, he, so, okay, little tangent, but he is a local guy. Okay. Um, that when... We used to follow this band called Trashlight Vision. It's a long story, but we used to follow this band called Trashlight Vision. He was in a band called Still Standing with his twin brother. They're both stunningly beautiful. It's disgusting. Um, and one night, Angie was hanging out with them, and they were just like super, super cool dudes. So we just started following their career, friends on Facebook, all that goodness. Um, so yeah, that's how we know Johnny. <laughs> okay. Well, he is in something now called Something Strange. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, and they've just released a single back in October. Oh, good um, for them. It looks, it looks, the, the, the album, the cover of this thing looks a little Daft Punk. Um, oh, really? Yeah, it's like got the sound wave sound between two guys that appear to be wearing either ski goggles or some kind of weird visor. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> is it those visors that people wear for like their mask or in place of a mask? No, it's nothing like that. It's more like just over the... Honestly, it looks like uh, the virtual reality goggle things. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So, um, this is, it's called Home by Something Strange. Of course, I'm going to hit play. So, that's what he's doing now. Um... 
I thought you were going to come back and be like, I like that. That sounds so 80s synthy, Steve. I can't believe you were like, no. <laughs> oh, no, I did like it. I just didn't want to let it go too long. Um, oh. <laughs> we got Bon Jovi to get back to. I mean, I'll let it breathe. I'm, be I'm bopping in my little chair here. <laughs> it sounds like the chase scene in an 80s TV show. It totally does. <laughs> Continuing on these days, though, uh, this is Hearts Breaking Even. I'm sorry. I I totally played over you saying, you're, we're about to do what now? We're about to come out of the tunnel and go into the best. I know. And, I've, and based on what I just heard, I've got to give this a little more volume and i got to get my air guitar out. Excuse me real quick. Here we go. What a breakup song. This is my favorite song on the record. Uh, <laughs> and another song that when I am alone, like a few weeks ago, I was the only one in my house. No mm -hmm. one was here. And let me tell you something. I just like cranked this and I sang it like I was John Bon Jovi back in 95. There you go. <laughs> I was living my best life. Well, I, listen, and and let's uh, let's get back. I mean, this is classic Bon Jovi right here. I mean, like, yes. it just it's got the sound, it's got the right guitar, it's got the right feel. You know, it's just like everything's good. And then the little bit of riff between the chorus and the and the verses is is, I mean, it's it's Richie for crying out loud. Yeah, buddy. <laughs>
I mean, we can't we can't play a Bon Jovi album without letting that those guitar solos breathe a little bit here and there. So it would be sacrilege. It would be indeed. It Especially would be on this song. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, and fun fact about this, right? Okay, um, they have literally never once played this song live. Really? Yep. Not even on the These Days tour. Huh crazy right i wonder so, why i know and literally in interviews john's like i can't wait to play hearts breaking even live but no he doesn't he doesn't do it also um, also like this should have been released as a single uh 100 like honestly i think you release this as a single over like i mean like lie to me like lie to me is great but like lie to me has a video why doesn't hearts breaking even have a video <laughs> This, well, this is that's the thing. This is th- this begs for a video. This begs for a single. Like there's there's no reason. I don't understand how record companies work. I just don't get it sometimes. And like those beautifully cheesy '90s videos. Like think the yes. video for always. Yes. Are you telling me? Are you telling me that VH1 wouldn't have played this on rotation? Oh. I can it see it in my head. I can see the top-down look with the soft gold lighting. You know, it's there, you know. <laughs> just someone's, you know, him just staring out the window, and you know, literally at it's one cold. point, it's definitely winter. Yeah, at one point they literally are at a card table and throw in the cards. You know, like oh yeah. Let's make a video. Steve. <laughs> <laughs> All we got to do is get the original guys back together, get them a lip sync. That's right. Um, so this is not a poison cover, ladies and gentlemen, just so you'll know. No, but definitely like equally as good as that poison song. All right. Well, this is something to believe in. Happy times. 
song is perfection. You think so? <laughs> yes. Hmm. I, like, you know me, Steve. I am somebody that uh, I am a pessimist. Right. Oh, yeah. We're, yeah. we're like two sides <laughs> of the same coin, me and you, Steve. And to me, this song, like, there have been so many times where, like, something, like, like just been a really, really bad time in my life. And, like, I've listened to this song and I'm like, this song just gets me, man. Yeah. Like, this is amazing. And I, I, I love... Like, I love the lyric in this song, you know, the though I know I won't win, I'll take this one on the chin, we'll right. raise a toast, I'll pretend I got something to believe in. Like, it's just, I can't, like, I can't explain it. Yeah. Like, this song to me is just, like, purely magical. And I, and again, I love the lyric, in a world that gives you nothing, we need something to believe in. Like, mm -hmm. even though, like, the opening lines of the song is, like, I lost all faith in my God, his religion too. Literally, it comes full circle. And the last line of the song is, like, we need something to believe in. Like, you're trying to find something right. when everything's going to hell. Right. <laughs> The, this this album it, it's almost like like and and you we've mentioned this name we've we've brought up Bruce a little bit here um you know particularly sounding like the one song sound like Secret Garden everything there's been several times listening to this album where I'm like gosh it's almost like he went to Bruce and is like I want to do what you do yeah this song is total totally a Bruce song right and and the way the the driving drums and everything. But then there's also something going on there, Kristen, and and this is just where I'm just a bad, I'm just not a nice guy, because all of a sudden, all I could think about was this. I mean... Oh my God! You know? But that's what he's doing in the song. Wow. Wow. I'm just saying, that's what he's doing in the song. Jeez. <laughs> oh. Steve, you almost took me out on that one. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, <laughs> But a little further from the microphone, a little bit less, you know, pronounced than a Simple Minds. <laughs> right. Right. It's like the dude from Simple Minds is being kicked out of the studio. And all, <laughs> that's all he can say. Like that's the only way he can communicate. God dang it, Steve! I will never be able to hear this song the same ever again. I said I'm not a nice person for this. I knew, I knew that. <laughs> I figured I'm like either she's gonna say yes, Steve. Everyone says that, or it's gonna be just a great moment in time for Rocky. Life ruiner. <laughs> Well, to not ruin my life, mm. um, did you see Angie posted in the chat the set list Ooh. from the show she went to in Camden on this tour, um, which, you know, she walked up, I think, the day of and got tickets. Correct me if I'm wrong, Angie, but I feel like that's the oh, case with this. Wow. Um, yeah. So, again, you know, these days in America. <laughs> um, so this is the set list. Living on a prayer, you give all the bad name. I mean, forever the second song in the set list. You know, mm -hmm. bet a thousand dollars on it, you'll win money. Right. Um, Wild in the streets, keep the faith. Blood on blood. I've been working too hard, which is a Southside Johnny cover, and Southside Johnny joined the band on stage. Oh, cool. Always with a little help from my friends, mm -hmm. which we Beatles. discussed that cover. It's amazing. Right. 
Uh, Blaze of Glory, Runaway, Dry County. Oh, I'm sure Angie loved the fact that she got probably 11 or 12 minutes worth of Dry County. Uh, Lay Your Hands on Me. Oh, so that was like a 40-minute two-song punch right there. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'll Sleep When I'm Dead, Bad Medicine with Shout, because, of course, it's always with Shout. Encore 1, These Days, Hey God, Rockin' in the Free World. Hmm. Encore 2, Bed of Roses, Stranger in This Town. Richie Sambora singing, right. Wanted Dead or Alive. Encore 3, Someday I'll Be Saturday Night, I Believe, and This Ain't a Love Song. Wow. Let me just say, I think I would actually run over a child to hear I Believe live. Can I just say that? Is that okay? Wow. Yeah, that's <laughs> fine. I mean, I don't doubt you would. I Like, Kristen, there's there's not... Look, it's you. There's a lot you'd run over a child for. It's fine. Dude, um, me and Angie said it at the last killer show we went to. We were ready to run over a uh, six-year-old. Whatever. And this was on the, this was during the, this was the, the, let me start that sentence over without editing for the, for the purposes of podcast. This was the These Days Tour? Yes, this was the These Days Tour, July 25th, 1995 at the Blockbuster Sony Music Entertainment Center in Camden, New Jersey. And fun fact, I believe wasn't planned to be done that night, uh, but John did it anyway. John did many improvs near the end of the song and delivered a top vocal performance. Damned and Lie to Me were both played during soundcheck, but not played this night. The other two songs played during soundcheck were I've Been Working Too Hard and Someday I'll Be Saturday Night. A very long, very special show. Yeah, I'm just looking at this and I'm like, well, what, what, okay, what songs were off of these days that were actually in the thing? I know, they're all like late in the set list, like these days, Hey God... Well, the, these uh, days is, according to the set list, these days is what's in what's called the first encore. Uh-huh. Um, you know, and then Hey God, and then <clears throat> what else we got? This Ain't a Love Song. That's it. That's it. Wow. I know. Huh. I mean, personally, I take out the Southside Johnny cover because who cares? I know that's sacrilege. <laughs> I know that's sacrilege to some people. But not for me. Yeah. Um, Rocking in the free world, take that out. Who cares? <laughs> yeah, I think unless you have Neil Young get up on stage and do it with you, and it's got to be Neil Young on a good night. You know, Neil Young's not got the best reputation for being prepared. Exactly. Oh, this is the one that Aunt, so Angie said went pretty early. Day of sale, hardly anyone in line got tenth row. Wow. That that is this story. I know there was one show that she did walk wow. up like day of and got tickets. Maybe that was Keep the Faith. That's um, crazy. Dude, I'm telling you, Angie has crazy Bon Jovi stories. Steve, Angie was at the video recording for Bed of Roses. Shut your mouth. Yes! <laughs> All right, Angie. You'll be our first guest on Rock Out Loud, or our second guest. Some, you're going to be a guest. <laughs> <clears throat> Hello, everyone. Welcome to Rock Out Loud. Very special, special episode tonight. Inside the crazy studio. <laughs> <laughs> What would you like to hear Bon Jovi say if you get up on stage with him? <laughs> um, also, can I just say, speaking of on stage with Bon Jovi, yeah. um, so this album came out and they also released, you know, fairly, you know, close to uh, the release, a live concert from Wembley. Mm-hmm. And there is a little girl that dances with John during Bad Medicine and Again, I'm sorry, but I wished awful things against that little girl because it was not me up on that stage. Yeah. And 
if I can for keep, I keep repeating myself, y'all, but he was my man. Well, right, uh, right. When, she doesn't love him like I love him. Here's some, I I was today's years old when I realized um, that they do shout with bad medicine. Steve all the time, like. Ange, correct me if I'm wrong in the chat. As in, like, since 1986 or since 1988, <laughs> I feel they've been doing shout with bad medicine. As in, you what shout? Hold on, really quickly. Hey, 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 that you, shout. You are kidding me. I am 100 percent not because I've sat through it and walked out during that it. That just makes me kind of cringe a little bit. It's so bad. I mean, it's bad medicine. You can't go from bad medicine into you make me want to shout. I know. say I didn't warn you. Well, I'm not looking it up because I don't want to be disappointed in my life. <laughs> and everything I'm seeing is like from the 2000s. I'm telling you, see, the last Bon Jovi show 89. I saw was at the Vet in Philly in 2004 on the Bounce Tour. Yeah. Cheryl Crow played for two hours. It was awful. And um, she walked out during Bad Medicine and Shout. Wow. Yeah, and Angie said I would be correct. They have been playing Bad Medicine and Shout together since 1988. <laughs> well, I mean, this is from Philadelphia in 89. There you go. <laughs> Eight minutes long. Good Lord. Yes. Give it. One. Quick. Shot. Up. Stop. This is when they were actually good, though. <laughs> right. That's why I chose this one. Bad if you want Shout, skip baby. to the end. I just have to hear the transition. This is the end. I thought this was my lucky day. Two blondes in one night. He had some people up on stage. I mean, people are loving it in the crowd. He's running himself out, though, isn't he? <laughs> running around. It's hard to run around and sing, though. I don't care how in shape you are. He's got his Sixers jersey on. Yeah, that's trying to be. We call that trying to be sharp. Yeah. Um, that's That's not, even in 89, I just don't think. Like, here's the thing. Honestly, Bruce could do it. He pulls it off. <laughs> I mean, I don't even think Bruce pulled it off. I just think that song, like, just why are we even doing it? Do you, do you hate that song? It's, it's Well, here's the thing, Steve. Both time, well, the one time that I saw it that it really bothered me, it just goes on too long. Mm -hmm. But the one time that it really bothered me was when it was the second to last time I saw Bruce in Philly. Mm -hmm. It was the longest U.S. show he's ever played. Yep. And he knew it. And he was just drawing out songs at the end. Mm. We did about 50 minutes, I feel, of shout. And <laughs> like, I'm done. I'm not putting my arms up anymore. I'm not going to shout. I don't care. I'm done. Play another song. Just play more songs. Why are we dragging out annoying songs? Like, cool. You, you want to break your record? Cool. Play Backstreets. Cool. Yeah, play yeah. Darkness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's just it's it's so funny to me because like here's here's what I think it is, Kristen. It's what we call as wrestling fans the cheap pop. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's like you know that everyone's going to sing it with you. You know that, you know, for the most part, the audience is going to be like, yeah, you know, you're, they're going to get into it. And so you break that out, that party atmosphere going, and everyone's going to dig it, except for people who want to hear, you know, uh, Backstreets. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I think that, here's the thing, I think that when Bruce does it, you know, there's that air of, like, genuine fun. You get the sense that, like, man, this is, like, you almost can see that this is something that he and, and the E Street Band have been doing since they were puppies, you know? Like, this just this is one of those things we just can't let go. We love it so much. It's so much fun. With, with Bon Jovi doing it after Bad Medicine, of all things, it's just like, I tilt my head a little bit like a dog when it hears a weird sound. You yeah. know, it's just like, like this doesn't fit. This doesn't fit at all, you know. So we got two more. Not, no. We got two more songs on. Wow, that went way off the rails. Um, <laughs> two more songs on these days. This is uh, if that's what it takes. I mean, here's Bon Jovi, ladies and gentlemen. We got a nice grooving, like, you know, slightly like R&B vibes. It's just like a good, like, I feel like it's not a standout track. Like, it's definitely one of my lesser favorites on the record. But, like, this is a good, like, end of the record song. Especially because we're coming out of some really, like, heavy hitting right, right. songs. So it's like, okay, cool. Okay, I can jam to this a little bit. Yeah, I can snap my fingers, bob my head. Oh yeah, I'm bobbing my head the minute this thing started, and and like, like when he gets into the chorus, like. I mean, he's getting to show off the vocals that he had. You know, he's it, this is a good song. Yep. Yeah. This is a really good song. This is that's what I'm saying is like I feel like we're back in the Bon Jovi wheelhouse with this song. You know. It's kind of I feel like the placement of this song on the record is kind of strange because it's 
smashed between something to believe in mm-hmm. and then the last song diamond ring and <laughs> it's like when you listen to it like in sequence in full mm-hmm. it's it's just a little jarring with the two <laughs> songs that surround it <laughs> well i mean it maybe it was a maybe it was what they call a you know like a let me up song moment or something i don't know it, it's just um it's weird it it's um because this is it's happier than the than the other ones um you know he's he's like he's committing to something here yep. you know after having been sleeping around <laughs> i know right exactly i mean he pulls a little superman like a little superman action here like you know when you're standing out on the ledge staring over the edge i'll be there to talk you down i'll be there before you hit the ground you know, yeah. little who you got me, who's got you. Right. John does have the Superman logo tattooed on his arm. Yeah, well, thank you for the who's you've got me, who's got you. That's some good <laughs> stuff. Anytime. That's I mean, well done, well placed, <laughs> well played. Um, so yeah, so I no, I dig it. I dig that as a as a like you say, it's kind of a good kind of come down song. Um, it's uh, it's it's just um. It it sounds like Bon Jovi, you know, mm-hmm. and I like that he's getting to belt it out a little bit and and do his thing. So, um, <clears throat> so this is the final track. We've made it. We've made it here. It's called Diamond Ring. Is he happy to be putting the diamond ring on her finger? I mean, I feel like he is. I do too, except it sounds really draggy and sad. (laughs) Well, interesting that you mentioned that, Steve. Yeah. Because this song was supposed to be on New Jersey. Oh, wow. And they did it up, you know, they changed it. It wasn't stripped down and they felt like it just didn't fit. It just didn't work on the record. They tried to put it on Keep the Faith. Mm-hmm. Same thing happened. They were like, something's just not working. And then they stripped everything away and just did the acoustic. It's like a live vocal, like a one-take vocal mm-hmm. that they did. Mm-hmm. And that's what you hear on this. Huh. I wonder what it would sound like if it was all if it was all gussied up. Um, what I would give, Steve. (laughs) I would love to hear how this song would have sounded on New Jersey. 
Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Like I'd I'd love to hear an overproduced version of this song. Also, as it started out, you know, I was thinking, "Hello, Gordon Lightfoot." Um, <laughs> you know, just kind of. Oh, I got to I've, I've I've messed up. I'm playing two things at one time. Um, I, I was just the way that 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 bass and that acoustic all come in. I was like, "Well, Gordon Lightfoot, ladies and gentlemen, playing with Bon Jovi. Here we go." I'm like, here's okay. I do have a diamond ring story because of course. Okay. Yeah. Um, so the first time I saw them on the bounce tour, um, March 7th, 2003, <laughs> for those of you that would like to know burned in my brain forever um saw them on that tour it was the first time that my dad was gonna go see bon jovi so you know we all go we get in our seats we watch the goo goo dolls goo goo dolls are amazing Mm. you know great time and then bon jovi you know like i've referenced a few times tonight you pretty much know what you're gonna get when you go to see them live now at this show for whatever reason they decide to play Diamond Ring, which cut to Angie and I having a complete and total <laughs> meltdown. I'll take things we weren't expecting for 2000, Alex. God rest your um, soul. I know. And we could not believe it. Now, not only were we melting down, it felt like we were the only people in the entire arena melting down. Mm-hmm. Like, we're screaming, you know, we're throwing horns up, even though it's Diamond Ring and it's not really a horn song, but we're just like, oh my God, what a moment. This is unbelievable. And I'm like shaking my dad. I'm like, the first show you see, you get Diamond Ring. Oh my God. He was like, that's my least favorite song off that that record. I hate that song. (laughs) And we're like, what? (sighs) Like, just like completely like, what do you mean? Like we, it was so funny because it was just too complete. I'm sure if like an out of body experience would have seen like two chicks just having a meltdown (laughs) and everyone else just standing there and everyone else standing there and looking at us like this song sucks. What are these, what are these chicks so excited about? Like literally we lost our minds. I never thought I'd hear this song live. Are you kidding me? I need I need to back up to before you guys went nuts for Diamond Ring. Uh-huh. And I need to back up to there was a Goo Goo Dolls and it was a good time. We were having fun. The Goo Goo Dolls were an amazing. Wow. Really? So they're your favorite Absolutely. band. I didn't realize you love the Goo Goo Dolls so much. I do love the Goo Goo Dolls, Steve. And you hmm. know what? Honestly, let's talk about another band that uh, totally went downhill around the same time that Bon Jovi started to, mm. the Goo Goo Dolls. Would you, uh, would you say that they had a little bit of a slide? Uh, I want to wake up where you are. Um, but yeah, like it was amazing. And it, Steve, if you haven't watched the Live in Buffalo, like a, like the Iris clip from Live in Buffalo where it's 4th of July, it's downpouring, it's crazy. I don't know what you're doing with your life. I mean, come on. Iris Slide, and I think I vaguely remember Black Balloon. Black Balloon, Broadway, uh, freaking Dizzy is great, January Friend, Bulletproof. Oh! (laughs) 
So here's what are just off of Dizzy Up the Girl. Here's what we got right now with the Goo Goo Dolls as of October 30th, 2020. Yeah, it's garbage, I'm sure. Um, oh no, it's Christmas all over. Oh, hmm. The Goo Goo Dolls with a Christmas album. Oh. Come on now. Not like Christmas. I know, but I do. <laughs> we definitely do have to do a Christmas show. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Let's see what Let It Snow sounds like from the Goo Goo Dolls. About what you'd expect. All right. Yep. Oh, God. I'm telling you, like, they maybe went a little longer of, like, goodness, Mm -hmm. the Goo Goo Dolls, but their window was shorter because, like, Dizzy Up the Girl to, like, uh, uh, the other one that came up after that. I forget the name, but, like, whatever. This isn't a Goo Goo Doll show, but right. I stand by what I said. They were great. Well, good. Live. They're a great live band. Like I said, if you just want to watch like a really good live performance, check out their live in Buffalo uh, DVD. It's on YouTube. Just watch it. <laughs> Carissa said, I said Gordon Lightfoot, and she's thinking Gordon McRae, and she's wondering why the guy from Seven Brides for Seven Brothers is singing 70s rock. Sitting <laughs> down, you think it's the same when they saw Goo Goo Dolls before they sing Diamond Ring. See, I can do anything with that song. Um, <laughs> wow. You are rock sugar. <laughs> I try. Uh, so, Kristen, look, we, we listen to this album. I still say it's in the middle. Um, for me, I, I, I think I like it better than keep the faith. Um, okay. okay. you know, uh, I'll take that. but, but I, I just can't, I can't put it up there with those first. Well, hmm. <laughs> you know, Here we go. yeah, I'm looking at it and I'm like, is it better than 7,800? Maybe, maybe it is. Yeah. I don't know. I t- I can't I can't get it pa- I it cannot go past uh honestly it can't go past Bon Jovi, Slippery and Wet or New Jersey for me. Um, okay. Yeah, I, I still I, think that's that's great. Yeah, I think those 3 still rank a little are going to rank higher than this for me. the first person to put it in fourth, Steve, because you are what a true individual. Thank you so much for that. <laughs> But I'll tell you this, those them fool that fool that put it at the last, I don't understand that at all. They need to go back and revisit it and then immediately listen to Crush and Bounce afterwards and be like, Oh yeah, I was totally wrong here. Agreed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, it's all subjective. I get it, but sometimes your opinion can actually be wrong. Uh, <laughs> so that was Steve, everybody. I can't believe that was Steve that said that and not me. Well, I mean, seriously, come on now. <laughs> You know it's true. So I do. I just can't believe you said it. Usually I'm the one that does crap like that. <laughs> well, you know, you got to take... Kristen, sometimes I like to take the heat off of you a little bit. <laughs> give you give you just a little bit of a... little bit a of little a, reprieve. A little reprieve, indeed. Indeed. Well, that's going to wrap it up for us. Don't worry. We're not going out to understand, man. We, we're going out to the aforementioned Rock Sugar because I've mentioned them and now I have to hear them. As happens oftentimes. I, Kristen, I had a blast listening to this album. I think it's a good one. And um, and I would encourage everyone. Listen, I think there are a lot of... There are several hidden gems. I won't say a lot. But I think there are several gems that got hidden in the 90s um, in the midst of all of the, the, the grunge movement and everything that had come along. 
and and it's definitely worth kind of you know diving in and looking for some stuff that that may actually have gotten looked over because it wasn't getting airplay at the time and uh, and do yourself a favor and do some do some music exploration for yourself please do and tell us what you think <laughs> Yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Rockoutloudpod at gmail.com. Rockoutloudpod at gmail.com. And uh, we're Twitter. I always forget what our Twitter is. I know that... Rockoutloudpod. Yeah, it's all Rockoutloudpod. Great. Um, yeah, Rockoutloudpod on Twitter. You can hit us up on Facebook. We've got the Goliverse group with all of the Goliverse podcast. Rocking it over at geekoutonline.com slash group. And, uh, and of course, you know, give us a like and a review on the, wherever you listen to podcasts so people can know about us and that sort of thing. And, uh, and yeah, it, it, we appreciate you joining us. Thanks to everyone who joined us live at mixer.com slash Goliverse. We love having you guys along for the, these rides with us. And, um, and, and it's just been a good time. I love visiting Bon Jovi. Anytime we can do it, I say we do it, you know? And, um, and, and so, and we have, thus we have, we have. thus we have. <laughs> So, Sometimes we just have a foundation, Steve, that Rock Out Loud was built on. And you know what? We're not going to apologize for sometimes right. going back to it. <laughs> when, and like we said, we've gone years without having a Bon Jovi exclusive show. That's true. That's true. And when in doubt, fall back on Bon Jovi, Bruce, or Def Leppard. Amen. That's the, I think that's that could also maybe be some life advice for some of you people. So, you know. <laughs> Well, that wraps it up for us. Until next time, I'm Steve. I'm Kristen. We'll see you next time, everybody. Rock on. Rock on, guys. Bye. The voice of Wacko Warner on the Animaniacs. <laughs> uh, he's got some good pipes. I mean, he could definitely hit those notes.